I don't know if I'll be able to do this one. <laughs> it is a quiet night here. Mm-hmm. It started off quiet, calm. Rest. Yes. Rest. Okay. Praise God. <laughs> I think this is a healthy lesson. But we're going to hit it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise God. This <laughs> I am being serious. Praise God. <laughs> It's hard when you're this calm Mm -hmm. and this awesome message and you really want it to be the way God has it. But you know, really, the beautiful thing about this message tonight is it really does relate to everything that just happened. And that's why I'm kind of giggling. So if everybody's hold on, it can go by fast. It can go by fast. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. And my ear, I can't, I have a block in here. You know when you have that, and you're hearing your voice twice? Okay. All right, that's what I was saying. All right, praise the Lord. Uh, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your awesome presence in this ministry. Lord, we thank you for the mission of this ministry. And Lord, we thank you for all the people that are here to support the mission, grow in the mission, and be with the mission. Lord, we just thank you for your word. And we honor you for all the things that you are showing and revealing to us. So, Lord, I hope this message can be exactly the way you want it as I surrender it to you. And it can open the eyes for those who don't understand your ways. So, Lord, we thank you. Amen. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. These two charts are so important. Everybody knows this is called the regenerated spirit. This is the spirit that is within us, that has been given to us, the Holy Spirit. Okay, where God speak to us, we communed with him, and now look at all the discernment we just experienced. Somebody's supposed to what? Just do it? What was it? Do it? Okay, discernment came out, right? I love that. And then this is our soul. This is everything we're dealing with in our mind, okay? And so... Gene has been speaking. He did a great lesson last week about, I never knew you. I never knew you. He talked about how one day we're all going to have to face Jesus, and we don't want to hear those words from him that says, I never knew you. But one of the things he talked about in this, he didn't really get into his depth, because it's great that I get these messages when he gives me a copy of them. He talked about the kingdom of God that's in our spirit. And then he talked about the kingdom of heaven that has to be manifested in our soul. All right, so we're all born. We're going to go through some scriptures that I have to tell you that when I came from the Episcopal church to here, and everybody's heard me say this, I didn't know that there was a spirit in us. But then I'm going to take this now to another level of something else I didn't know, that if you see it in scripture, people can tell you about it, but if it's built up in scripture, you'll understand it better. So we're going to start with Psalms 11.4. Psalms 11.4. So I'm going to walk through some scripture to build up some things. So praise God. It's awesome. The Lord is in his holy temple. <laughs> Carrie was talking about God sitting up in the temple, right? Okay, Carrie, you're going to love all these verses tonight. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. Okay, God sits up there and he does look upon us through and he connects with us through the spirit, the kingdom of God, the spirit. Let's go to Acts 7, 49. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me? What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? This awesome, this message is, what house are you building? Because, you know what, in the world, we get a job, we graduate, we make money, and we start what? Building a physical house, right? 
a place to dwell with our family. But do you know we have to build a house? It says, what house will you build for me? Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. We live here with a life on earth. We sit here in the first heaven. God sits in the third heaven. Satan blocks the, 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 the kingdom of heaven coming down on earth. But the only way the kingdom of heaven can come down on earth is through our soul. Our, our renewed mind, our soul becomes a dwelling place for God. That's where he wants to get his kingdom of heaven is in our renewed mind. And he asks us, so heaven is my throne. He wants to set a throne up in here with Jesus. And he wants, so he's got to build a what? A house with you. What house will you build for me? This is so funny. In the middle of the night, page you like this. I text Chris Battle. <laughs> and I said, worship. And it was funny. He says, I am. I said, build, what house will you build for me? And he said, worship. And I said, yes, Chris Battle will build me a house. And that's the dialogue at three o'clock in the morning with me and Chris, right? Because, and I was, I, I was trying to find this scripture. It's a scripture I knew, but I didn't know where it was. We have a responsibility. Heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. That's what the Lord says. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? All right, next scripture. One Corinthians three sixteen says, "Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you?" Okay, we are a temple. Our body is a temple for God. The Spirit of God dwells within us. Okay, the Spirit of God. This is the kingdom of God right here in us. The regenerated Spirit. It's where God speaks to us. As we commune with him and discer our discernment ring becomes, we, our conscious becomes aware of God. But the most beautiful thing is, as we start building, as we accept Christ in our heart and we build the spirit of God in us, now our soul, our mind has to be renewed with the word of God so that our soul can be the kingdom of heaven where Jesus is Lord. Okay, where we become, we, sh we become where we can hear God and then do what God and produce what God has asked us to do. Okay, so that was really big for me when I saw those verses. And in my, in my, in my expanded one, it says, do you not discern or understand that you are God's temple, his sanctuary, and that God's spirit has a permanent dwelling place in you to be a home with you? So once we accept Christ in our heart, we have a responsibility. We've got to build a what? A home, a house, a dwelling place for, I love this vision. I mean, this chart. The Holy Spirit is our helper to help us build the house. Jesus sanctifies the house to make it a place where the presence of God can come. And just like we were here, what were we doing? Speaking what God said to us. Okay? It's beautiful. All right, next verse, John 14, 7. Okay, so when we accept Christ in our heart, that Holy Spirit becomes alive, becomes alive to us. God starts to move now in our center core. We only not have our human spirit. Now the Spirit of God comes into that void, and now it starts, it starts, it starts becoming the center of our understanding. It says the Spirit of truth, who is now in our center, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you. Okay, so no matter what, if you have accepted Christ in your heart and you have confessed it with your mouth, that you recognize that you have been a sinner and that you know that Jesus Christ is the Son of, Son of God and you have come to that point where you accepted that spirit in your heart, now the spirit of truth dwells in you, whom the world cannot receive. Once you receive the spirit of Christ, the spirit of truth, have you ever met somebody who doesn't understand what you're saying? Yes. Okay. I think about it. When I, before I understood this, 
I walked in a place and did not understand when people would talk about things of the Spirit, right? It was foreign to me. I could not hear it. I could not receive it because I didn't know I was what? A temple. I didn't know that I had a dwelling place for, I knew, hey, you hear people, ooh, the Spirit, the Spirit, right? And you hear things about, you know, the mind and renewing minds, and you think that means to better yourself. But when you accept Christ in your heart, the whole meaning of everything becomes different. You are actually a physical body, a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit, because he wants to help you build a house. Isn't this awesome? He is closer to us than any other being. He is closer to us than anything else, than any other being. Nobody in here, we, none of us have an excuse. That's why excuses are of the what? Enemy. Because the spirit of truth is already in us. And if we recognize that that's the kingdom of God brewing, brewing in us. All right? But yet, it doesn't know how to express itself without what? Our mind being renewed. Our mind has to be renewed. So we prepare. We are to prepare. The Holy Spirit is with us to help us to prepare because God is there wanting to dwell with you. All right. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Or do you not know? <laughs> I love this verse. Or do you not know that your body is a temple? That was me. <laughs> Many years ago, I did not know that my body was a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have from God. This is a gift from God that he gives us that we have to understand how to work with this. And you are not your own. Now, a lot of people who probably get saved don't realize that part. They love the feeling, this feel is good. And then they have to come to the realizations that they're not their own. It's so awesome. Or do you not know that your body is a temple? I laugh because I, I really didn't know that. And that the Holy Spirit is in you whom you have from God. And you are not your own. You are not. We have been bought with a price. We're a piece of property. We are like real estate to God. Okay? We are real estate. We are real. He owns us. Okay? Always we are. increasing in value. Oh, as Mr. Hall just said, always increasing in value. So we are real estate to God, okay? Because why? He wants to actually get our mind renewed so he can work with us. That's why he brought the Holy Spirit. Praise God, we are not our own. Man, you need to keep, if you just keep saying that, the Lord will break you. I am not my own. I am not my own. You know, this week, the Lord even showed me, no matter what promises he gives us, he is the starter and the finisher. He is the alpha. He is the omega. If you commit to him through this process, no matter where you get to your death, do you know he finishes it up in heaven? So he finishes everything he says he's going to do. If it starts on heaven, but we could get so much further. If we recognize and just surrender, we are not our own. I am not my own. I do not do what I want to do anymore. In fact, sometimes I wake up, I don't even know who I am because I know I'm who I am in him, but I don't know who Lee is anymore because I got to do what God says to do. You don't make many friends that way. <laughs> you've got to do what you're asked to do and you've got to be okay that he gives you love and that he loves you. And when you're in your destiny, he's good and he sees you building that house, he takes care of everything around you. So everybody in here, you want to build that house, right? Touch yourselves. I'm real property. I am real property to God. He, right. We are not our own. I can't even put myself up for sale. Okay. I am not my own. That's the best way. I mean, that is a very serious. How many times have we recognized that Christ is in us? We've got to renew this mind and we're still doing everything we want to do. We're still saying everything we want to say. We are not coming in alignment with the word of God. We're not taking it seriously. And the Lord, as you know, this lesson was building in me. This is a very serious time. You have to watch what you say, where you go, who you're with. Not love is there, but you have to recognize he's called us all to an assignment because we are his property. We are not our own.
All right, praise the Lord. Seven. I'm skipping around on my pages too. Okay, this is so awesome. Revelations. Man, I was excited about this. No, this is awesome. Revelations 3, 2021. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. No, I'm serious. God comes to us and he knocks on our door. If the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is in you, right? And our job is to get the kingdom of heaven in the soul. He comes to us and he knocks on our door. Now I can sit here and tell you that before I made it to this ministry at 40 years old, he knocked on my door before. Before understanding this, he had knocked on my door. Everybody sitting in the seat has had an experience where he knocked and we did not answer. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's our house, right? The house has a front door. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. I will also, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Isn't this awesome? This is, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He knocks at our door. Isn't that awesome? Because what does he want to do? Have a relationship with us. I could not find these verses. I mean, these verses are so awesome because of spending time with what? God in that secret place. He started showing me these verses. And I was just like, I've learned this, but how the order comes out, this is beautiful because we are not our own. If anyone hears my voice when they hear that knock and they open that door, I will come in with him and dine with him. That means he wants to do what? Spend time. How many times are we going out to dinner with friends, people, right? Being social and silly. When we could be going home, right? And you don't know when the Lord's going to knock on your door so he can have time with you. And I love this. Dine with him and he with me. So what's that? You're dining with Jesus. We're dining with the Father. We're all coming together. And he wants to teach us to him who overcomes. And you know what that means? That means the overcoming part is when he knocks and we don't answer. And then we start getting the plan. I'm supposed, I got to answer. I remember, I remember when somebody said to me, it's so hard to worship. And I'm like, just do it for 30 days and talk to me afterwards. And you know what? When you commit to God, he starts waking you up. And what's he doing at that time? He's knocking. He's knocking. He's coming to, he's coming to you. So we have things that we have to overcome, don't we? Because there are things in our flesh, the old ways of thinking in our soul and our mind that hold us back from opening the door, opening the door. I love this. We do a lot of asking, but when somebody comes to visit you, you have to take that doorknob right and open the door. Unless it's unlocked like my house and anybody can walk in. But you know what I'm saying? Like anybody can walk in my house. That is terrible. But spiritually, do you get what I'm saying? You still, you have to be the person that opens the door to let the guest in. You know, I love this. God is not going to push us. He wants it to be the right appointed time. Okay. So to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as also, as I also overcame and sat. You know, Jesus had to walk on this earth too. He was the kingdom of God connected to the kingdom of heaven. If he didn't already do it first, we are learning after him. He is our brother. He is our example. He is trying to show us how he got up, worshiped, got his instruction, right? And then went on his day. Praise the Lord. Um, next door, next verse. Re Revelations. Okay. Revelations 4, 1 through 2. After these things, I looked. And behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, come up here and I will show you things which, you, which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And I would like to read this from the uh, amplified version if anybody has it. I thought these were all amplified. Hold on. That's not, 
After this, I looked up. Hold on. I know. For some reason, I just need to touch mine, I guess. After this, I looked up, and behold, the door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard, which I had heard addressing, oh, addressing me like the calling of a war trumpet. Come up here, and I will show you what must take place in the future. At once, I came under the Holy Spirit's power, and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. Do you know when we worship, and when he knocks, and we get up, and we start, what, dining with him, this is what happens. After this, we look up. As we look up to him, the door standing open, the heavens are open. We hear that voice addressing you, and it says, come up here, and I will show you what must take place in the future. How many people have had visions in this ministry? When we worship God and we spend time with God, he says, I want to show you. I want to show you things. But if you don't spend time with him in a relationship, then you miss him. Isn't this awesome? He's telling us right in his word. After we open that door and we let him in, he wants to tell us what takes place in the future. He wants to show us what is going to happen. We may not understand the vision we see, but he's showing you something. He gives you something in that time. At once, I, And then at once, at once, I came under the Holy Spirit's power. That means you submitted, the soul submitted to the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. As you grow in this ministry, there's the battle between the mind and the spirit. The word is sharp and it's powerful. And what it, it comes in and divides the soul and the spirit. And now the war is on. The war is on. But as you worship him and let him in, then your soul surrenders and submits to the Holy Spirit. Just like what we did in worship here. As we worshiped and we all yielded, as we came up and worshiped, now our soul was in submission to our spirit. And now we could hear what God within our intuition was speaking to him. And we could hear it loud and clear. When we don't spend time in a relationship and we're not acknowledging that he sits up on that throne in heaven and he wants to make that throne in our mind so we can produce what he's asked us to do. This is where every day, if we did this every day, Think about how much easier our lives would be, right? Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay. It's about relationship. It's about a promise. This is a promise. If you spend this time and develop this, he promises that he will do this for you. All right, go ahead. Next one. All right. Second Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2.4. Who opposes and exalts himself so proudly and insolently against and over all that is called God or that is worshipped, even to his actually taking his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming that he himself is God? The question is, if this was so easy that we recognize the kingdom of God is in us and we want God to dwell in our soul, to make, to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth, his footstool, right? To do what he wants and needs us to do. What makes it so hard? What restrains us from connecting and bringing that heaven on earth? Because we're worshiping another God. Instead of worshiping him, we find something else that we keep our mind on to worship instead of God. Who opposes and exalts himself so proudly? And incidentally, against and over all that is called God or that is worshiped, even to his actuality, taking his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming that he himself is God. So there are things in our house. There are things in our house that we're letting affect us. That restrain us from pressing in with God and opening that door and dwelling and dining with him. Can you put up the, uh, the charts of the, um, oh, 
the, the three charts, unforgiveness, shame, and rejection. I'm sorry. So we have to ask ourselves as we're growing and developing this, who is the supreme authority in your home? Who is the head of household? Is it the Lord or is it our pride? Is it our fear? Is it our worries? Is it our debt? Is it our lack of a relationship? Is it somebody hurt your feelings? Is it complaining? Is it gossiping? Is it, what is it? What is holding you back from getting that clear cord of heaven and bringing it into your house? All right? All these things are the signs, are the roots of unforgiveness, shame, and rejection, right? We have talked about spots. Spots show us where we're, where we're not connecting with God. And the spots are the evidence of what is holding us back. So every time God knocks, love knocks, truth knocks, light knocks, if you're experiencing anger, envy, jealousy, bitterness, pride, complaining, a rebellious feeling of not wanting to get up and worship, right? We've all had that. Pride, controlling, cursing, deception, masking. That means pretending to be that you're doing it and you're not. Self-centeredness, money, sex for approval, non-trusting, man-pleaser, fears, materialism, manipulation. Every time, light, truth, love come near. If any of those things exalt themselves, they're taking the place of what? God sitting on the throne in your house. Look at these guys, right? That's what they look like. They're sitting on their throne. So we, we, as we spend time in a relationship with God, he, he puts all those people away. He shuns them out. All right. So who are you controlled by what rises up in you that takes control over you instead of the spirit of God instead of the spirit overtaking your soul now and I'm looking around and I kind of hope that people understand that when we grow up that Christ in us and we go from journey to journey faith to faith and we're going from glory to glory By the time you get to the top row, you are hearing clearly what's going on. But I can also tell you, if even if you're in the first position, because I've been there in the first position, and you worship your heart out, you're going to hear God, and he's going to show you things. You may not trust what you heard, because after you hear it, you're like, do I really supposed to do that? That's the difference. But you become more confident as you grow out this glory to glory in hearing God. But these are the things we have to work on. These are the things we have to become into identification with. And you know what? They all go down to fear. They go down to worry. They go down to pride. Because it's what holds us back from our communion with the Lord. And getting that clear tunnel. Proverbs 16.5 says, Everyone proud and arrogant in heart is disgusting and hateful and exceedingly offensive to the Lord. Be assured, I pledge it, they will not go unpunished. That's harsh. I don't have to to say anything else. If you know you're yielding to any one of those spots, then you know that the Lord can't come close to you. He can't talk to you. You won't know what you're hearing. You're going to hear another voice because the Spirit of God, He works with a pure heart and clean hands. If you're not even trying, then this is what, I mean, the Lord loves you, but he can't what? Use you. He can't use your house. Praise God. The next one, Proverbs. Proverbs 16, 8 says, Better is a little with righteousness, uprighteousness in every area, and relation and right standing with God. No, this isn't right. I'm sorry. Uh, Proverbs 16, 18. Proverbs 16, 18. I'm reading it. I'm like, doesn't connect. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, I love God because it says in Thessalonians, I don't have that verse here, but you know, if the Lord sees you going a certain way, he's going to continue building you up that way. So if you want to go towards complaining, 
if you want to stay angry, if you want to keep pushing towards those gods that are not the God that wants that he wants to, you to work with, he will actually, pride will come before the destruction. So pride goes before destruction and a heart of spirit before a fall. That means you start yielding to that other God more than spending time with your real God. And God releases you to that. And why is he releasing you to that? So you can what? Fall back to him. I love it. I asked Jean, like, I asked Jean one time just in this, like, why, oh, why do we have to go through all this? You know? And God wants us to choose him as our God. He doesn't want us to choose all the other ways. He doesn't, because they're not his ways. Anger is not his ways. Complaining is not his ways. Sex for approval is not his ways. Rebellion is not his ways. Pride is not his ways, but yet he knows that we live here on an earth where we have what around us? Influences. 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 Until we come to that solid union. It says, can two walk together if they're divided? If your spirit is not in agreement with your soul and they have not become one in an understanding of a word, they can't walk together. There is no peace. And I know people in here, they have turmoil. It's only when that spirit and, that, and your soul, you're not bringing that kingdom of God here to get in alignment because of something on those charts. Unforgiveness, shame, rejection. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 11.2 says, when swelling and pride come, you know, and God will set us up with that. Then emptiness and shame come also. But with humble, those who are lowly, who have been pruned or chiseled by trial <laughs> and renounced self. We are not our, everybody, own. We, let me hear everybody say that. We're not our own, right? We don't own ourselves. So I love this, but you know, we've all experienced pride in here. There isn't anyone, I came in this ministry with pride, thinking I had it all together. And you know what God had to do? Bring me down. And then he brought me down. And he brought me down. I didn't like it at first, but now I laugh at it. Because it's made me who I am now in him. Now I know who is my God. And I know how to hear his voice and do what he says. And anytime I feel the churning of a change, I just start crying and let's just get it out and let's just, let's just go with it now. I don't want to wait for the fall anymore. Praise God. He, he sets us up so we learn the cycle so we don't want to go for the fall. But here, but with the humble, those who are low, how do we become humble? By being what? Brought down. And it's God's way. He prunes us. He chisels us by a trial. So we renounce ourselves. Then it says, humble and skillful and godly wisdom and soundness. I love that. When we humble ourselves, then we can start hearing that truth. That kingdom of God, that spirit that wants your soul to produce what it knows you need to do. The soul now humbles itself and the spirit rises. And now you're saying, speaking, and doing everything that God wants you to do. And, you know, that's why this ministry is such a beautiful ministry. Because when people fall, guess what? We all love you. <laughs> if you don't run away. I mean, we've seen so many people run away when it comes time for the fall because they're masking themselves. Believing everything's good. Staying in their double-mindedness. But not really yielding to the beauty of what they could have dining with him. You could dine with him every day. When I first got the taste of it, man, I wanted more of it. And you know what? And I had to get over, I'll never, I had to get over man pleasing. I wanted to do everything everybody wanted me to do. And if I think someone was upset, I was going to, I was going to make it right. And that's not what God wanted from me. And a prophet came to me and said, he's going to change that because what you have to do for me you're going to take prosecution. You're going to take it. So he had to what? Grow me up into letting go of these hurts, these things that develop. So, you know, I love it. We have to be disciplined. Hebrews 12, 5, 7. We must be processed. 
to produce God's fruit. That's what we're here for. We are only here to produce the fruit that God wants us to produce. We are all equally, uh, equal opportunity, but we're all created differently. Everybody in here has a different mission than me. We can be all tied together, but God needs every single one of you to do what you're called to do. But you can't do what I do. It says the kingdom of God does not come by observation. It comes by within. What is God telling you to do when to do it? You can't be comparing notes with the other person. Hey, 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 what are you supposed to be doing right now? What did God tell you? What did God tell you? What's God telling you, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? You ever walk into a room, people just, all they want to do is talk about their prophecies. I'm a great encourager of prophecy, but it's for you. And then also, what is God telling you to do? Don't look at what God's telling everybody else to do. Look at God. What's telling, you know, he gives us things in part. So when he puts us in a place like a ministry, what's the purpose? I've got to do my what? Part. Brooke's got to do her part. Robin has to do her part. She can't look and say, this is what Lee's doing. Oh, I got to do the same thing. Can't do it. Because that's not how the kingdom of heaven gets brought down on earth. We are bringing the kingdom of heaven on earth through our spirit. And it comes with our words. Through the meditations of our heart, our mouth will what? Speak. So if we're building a social house and we're just worried about socialism, then go ahead. You're just missing out on what God really has for you. You've got to do what God's calling you to do. And it's awesome because when he does that, he says he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek me. He rewards us with what? His overflowing love. He rewards us. It's not about things. He rewards us with a love. It's beautiful. All right, Hebrews 12. Okay, it says, I have you completely forgotten the divine word of appeal and encouragement in which you are reasoned with and addressed as sons. We're supposed to be what? Sons and daughters of God, matured. My son, do not think lightly or scorn to submit to the correction and discipline of the Lord. I love it. We should be saying yay to discipline. Order. This is, I am, I am teaching you God's order right now. And then there's instruction, right? But he is going to make us accountable to dining with him. He's going to make us accountable to knowing what our assignment is. And when we don't have accountability, then falls what? Discipline. My son. And it says, and have you forgotten the divine word? of appeal and encouragement in which you are reasoned with and addressed as sons. My son, do not think lightly or scorn to submit to the correction and discipline of the Lord, nor lose courage and have give up and faint when you are reproved or corrected by him. For the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone. We are all in, we are all in, what's it called in school? When you get a late pass? We're all in detention together, okay, right? I would be so afraid. I, I never got in detention. I just, I do have to let you know that. I mean, I never did hit detention, but think about this. Nobody wants to get sent to the principal's office, right? We all get sent there, all right? Everybody, I love it. Then we're not a son of God if we're not being corrected. So it's awesome. We have to come to one with, okay, this is how, the, this is how discipline works. He doesn't want us to lose courage and give up faint when you are reproved or corrected by him. For the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves. He loves us all. He loves us all. And he punishes. <laughs> he scourges every son who he, whom he accepts and welcomes into his heart and cherishes. You know, the day you were born was an appointed time. The day you accept Christ in your heart was an appointed time to enlighten the kingdom of God. And now when you take that, what's it? What am I going to say? You are not your own. Let me hear it again. You are not your own, right? We've just entered in a different family. We've got a new dad. We've got a new brother. We've got brothers and sisters around us. You know, we are not to lose courage or lose heart because everybody's going to go through this. I want to see everybody smiling because 
<laughs> this is so good, isn't it? It is so good. You must submit. I love that word, submit, right? To an endure correction for discipline. God is dealing with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not train and correct and discipline? Doesn't this make you feel good? I think this makes me feel, I mean, this makes me feel good to know that when I didn't understand this, I felt bad, okay? I felt bad. I felt shameful. I felt like I was doing everything wrong. I loved Brooke's testimony. I can't do it right. I'm going to make my dad upset. No, in the kingdom of God, when we're not our own, he already says, you're going to go through this. But I'm also going to what? I love you while you're going through it. Okay, I love this because he loves us. He doesn't leave us nor forsake us. Which brings me to, in my business, real estate, we have to sell houses, right? And when we sell a house, you have to go through, there's an order that happens. You write a contract, you have an acceptance date, but then you have to do some things. You have to set it up, the uh, closing at the attorney, and then you have this window of period of time where you have inspections. All right, you have to get a home inspection, which tests the quality of the home and says what's wrong with the home. You have to get an appraisal, which tells its value of the home. Um, so there's different things that happen. Sometimes you have to get different types of smaller inspections. But with that, just to let you know, one of the things that has to get done in the state of Georgia before anything else, they won't even close on a house. Wes, you know that answer? What has to be done on a house? Come on. You won't even close me alone unless there's this one document. And when I leave the attorney's office, they give me the HUD statement and they give me this other document. What is it? Right, a termite inspection. Okay, now I come every single one. No mortgage company will clear you without a termite clearance letter. Okay, but here's what I'm trying to get at. All right, well, I come from Philadelphia and there was no, we didn't have termite inspections, we had radon inspections, you know. So I come here and I remember hearing the realtor first thing say, It's not if you'll get termites, it's when you'll get termites, okay? And termites are these, and then I, I, I wanted to learn about it because I bought my first house, I built a new house, and they put in front of me this piece of paper that was a bond saying if I pay them every year to come check the house, that no matter what happens to my house, the termites could eat it, do anything, that they would take care of it, and they would repair and fix the house, all right? So think about this. We have, we, there, there's a good order in that. No mortgage company wants to lend money to somebody buying a house all right, and then it's all infested with termites, and then everybody loses the value, what the value of is that house. Well, which reminds me, I have to get a termite letter on Greenbrier, okay. <laughs> but, okay, I, <laughs> this is kind of funny how the Lord gave this to me in a vision about, I was praying about what I need to do for this lesson, and the Lord said to me, he showed me a vision about a smaller house and a bigger house, and it had termites, and I was like, Lord, what are you trying to show me? And he says, my people have termites. And I said, well, what does that mean? And then I walked into this house, and this house was beautiful, and everything about it was right. The carpet was so soft. I could even, I, I saw myself picking up the carpet because the carpet fibers were so long, and then I let it go. They bounced right back down. And so it was so soft, and everything about the house was beautiful. And then all of a sudden, I noticed on the, on the crown molding and everything that there were termites. And I was like, oh, I said to the person, there's termites. And the person said, oh, I had that checked. And so I broke out of this vision. I said, Lord, what are you trying to show me? And he says, my people have to build me a house, but they still have termite damage. Okay? So we say to ourselves, we come to Christ, we grow in the word, and we grow up, right? And we have moments where we feel distance from God. Raise your hand if you felt that. And you're like, why? Why? What's, what's holding me back? Well, I'm going to tell you, the vision the Lord showed me, termite damage. Termites come unexpectedly. Like, here's the history of a termite. Termites come out, and they fly and have wings. They lose their wings. They fall to the ground, to the pit. <laughs> they fall. They burrow under down, right? And then they have to find water. But then they have to come up, and they still have to feed themselves. So what do they do? They come up through the cracks and foundations. I've seen it. My very first house I ever built. I owned it for 13 years. I sold it at the 13th year, and they told me I had termites. And they pulled up the carpet, and it was right through the foundation. 
We were lucky it didn't get to any of the wood. We were lucky that it just was eating the carpet. But I had to get that fixed. So think about that. Termites are something that are unseen. They are eating and eating and eating into a foundation, a framework. All right? And then they have to, and then they come back stronger. They come back with more if they keep the trail going. So praise God, we, we are a spiritual house, right? Sometimes we have termites. We have things that are unseen in our soul, okay? And the termites infest our soul, making us come into a group, making us think it's normal. Do you know there are people who, who they hide termites? Huh? What? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, there is, I like it. You cannot buy a home in the state of Georgia with an infestation of termites in it. Do you know, think about this. God can't use us with an infestation of termites in us. Anger, complaining, rebellion, all these termites. And when do they come up? In the trial. When does it, when do we find out about termites on a house? During an inspection. You don't know how many times in all my years of real estate, right before the closing, they get the termite letter and this one little area has termites. And we've got to get someone out there to what? Fix it, take care of it. And you know, the worst thing is you can treat it, but you still got to take care and repair the damage. You know, talk about people going through deliverance and healing. <laughs> because depending on how bad the termites are and what you have to do, but we are, <laughs> no, I'm serious. People, they don't know when their house has termites. Do you know when you sit in the closing and they say to that document, they give you that document and they say to you, now this is your termite bond. Okay. Get it renewed every year. Why do you do that? It's called, it's preventive medicine there. They're telling you it's not when, it's not if, it is when you will get termites. Now think about this. As we grow up here, it's not if we won't suffer termite damage or an experience or a distance from God. It's when through the process are we going to hit that wall. Everybody through a process is going to hit something that they didn't expect about themselves. I could have said, I'm not an angry person because I don't think I am an angry person. But you know what I learned about myself in this ministry? When I get angry, I cry like really bad. I don't scream and yell. I just what? Cry. And I would say to the whole time, yeah, I, I'm not angry. And then when I cry, I'll never forget the first time Jean says, you, your anger is crying. I didn't like that. <laughs> I was like, I cry because I'm hurt. <laughs> and he said, you cry because you're angry. <laughs> right? Okay. It was right because my natural, I'm very bubbly natural person. But I learned that I had a what? A termite. I had an infestation. That when I cried, that really had to do with what? Me being angry. And you know what? When you come into a ministry of process and having to go through a process of getting that spirit to what? Your soul to produce what the spirit wants to bring the kingdom of heaven down? You're going to, things are going to come out and you're not even going to know it. Ephesians 5.13 says, Ephesians 5.13 says, I love this verse too. But when anything is exposed and reproved by the light, it is made visible and clear. And where everything is visible and clear, there is light. When there is a time for an inspection on a house and the inspector has to poke around and try to find anything and he's got his what? He's got a little light, right? And he's looking for those termites. Man, it doesn't feel good when you find out that your house has termites. It doesn't make you feel good. Same with us. It doesn't feel good when something rooted in our soul that as the light enters in our spirit and they're coming together, if a resistance happens, it is a termite. Okay? It is anger. It is, it is something that God can't use. He needs it out of us. He needs it removed from us. Matthew 13, 24 through 30. Another parable he set forth before them saying, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is being developed in your soul. The spirit of God is in your spirit. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while he was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed also 
darnel, weeds resembling wheat, among the wheat and went on this way. So when the plant sprouted and formed grain, the darnel, the weeds, appeared also. And the servants of the owner came to him and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Then how does it have darnel shoots in it? He replied to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and weed them out? But he said, No, lest in gathering the wild wheat, the weeds, you root up the wheat along with it, the good, the true, the true wheat. Let them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will say to the reapers, gather the darnel first, bind them up in bundles and be burned, but gather the wheat into my granary. Now, my book, my Bible says a little bit different, but the bottom line, what it's trying to say is when it's, when light exposes the darkness, so as you are growing in the word and the kingdom of God is growing into you, we already know that there's going to be some weeds, right? Termites, whatever you want to call them, spots, they are going to be what? Exposed. And, you know, God loves us so much that he doesn't expose them all at once. <laughs> he exposes them little bit by little bit. Okay? And he doesn't hurt your harvest. Okay? But Jesus is the light. Jesus is the love. Jesus is the truth. He's the one that comes as you yield to this process of building your house, right? Be prepared that the weeds are going to come up. The termites are going to show up. Something's going to show up that he's got to work with. But don't get upset. Don't get yourself, don't get yourself worried because he's already got the plan. He's already going to burn them up. And then he's going to save the harvest you've already planted. How many people felt like they have failed God every time they have hit a wheat, a weed, a termite? The moment you see it, you don't feel good about yourself. I mean, the first time I experienced something in here that I didn't like about myself, and I didn't even really knew I had it, it made me feel like I had termites. It made me feel infested. It made me feel I wasn't good enough. It made me feel like, why do I have to go through this if I just surrendered my life? And I had to learn that God has a beautiful process that he puts us through and that we have to have the wheat. We have to visibly see our own weeds. We have to see our termites. But praise God, he's got a plan. I mean, there is a bond. You know what I mean? There is a plan in his kingdom. And these are just a few notes that the Lord kind of said to me. We are a house for God. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Our soul is God's dwelling place. A home for Jesus and the Father. Termites invade our soul. Their goal is to destroy the house. And it all starts with an outside influence. They come into the foundational crack to stop the advancement of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven on the earth. Kingdom of God's already in us. So the foundational crack is to stop the advancement of the kingdom of heaven on earth. With the meditation of our heart, our mouth speaks. That is the evidence is found in our words and what we say. Termites weaken the structure, working from the bottom up. If not treated, those houses will fall. You know, and those are the parts of us that God needs to repair. Our house in spirit with termites is just like a house in reality with a financial debt on it. It eats away at your money, at your time, and it even takes you away from your relationship with God because it's spending too much time in your soul eating up, how am I going to get this next bill? How am I going to do this? How am I going to pay this? It continues to add fear and worry, pulling away from your time with God. When the Lord said to me, Lee, you need to come to zero, he meant zero in many elements. So the only thing I could focus on was my relationship with God. So now I don't worry about money because I have no debt. I don't have to worry about, I know he says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. My house can continually be built and I don't have to worry about the termite damage of financial things. 
because he's cleared me to zero. So I have no motive. I don't have to spend time worrying about how to shift this, do this, what to do with that. The Lord was showing me that our house, our physical house, we start turning it into a house worried about things of the world when we're not of this world. We are of, we are of the kingdom of heaven. And the purpose of getting us cleaned up is so that we can keep that focus in that funnel with him. So that's why we get excited when we see the termite damage. Because now it's time to hit it. When the Lord showed me I had to get through financial debt, he did it. But I had to do it by what? Worshiping him every morning. And then he gave me an instruction on how to move on it. And you know what? We have to deal with what we have to take care of. Sometimes we decorate the damage by masking it or painting it over. How many times have we looked at damage of something and we just said, oh, I'll let that go. Or, oh, yeah, I know I was kind of prideful here, but I'm letting that go. Oh, yeah, I complained on this, but I'm letting that go because I just need to get it out. But do you know when we hold on to those things, it keeps us from our true, clear relationship with the one, with, with the one God that we need to be focusing on. Love the light, love the truth. It is there to expose the darkness. Jesus is in it to mature us into sonship. He wants us to have a strong house in him. He wants us to have a strong house in him. Praise God. Turn, go to Jeremiah 18.16. Jeremiah 18.16, and this is awesome because the Lord, hold on, let me make sure I have this right. I didn't have my papers in the right order. Okay. Okay. Jeremiah 18.16. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. When I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he was working at the wheel. He was working at the wheel. In Ezekiel, there's a wheel within a wheel. This is a wheel. This is in the wheel. This needs to be in charge of this wheel. So the potter was working on the wheel. All right. And the vessel that he was making from clay was spoiled in the hands of the potter. Right. Because that was man. So he made it over, reworking it into another vessel. And it seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. O house of Israel, house of Israel. We are a house for God, right? Can I not do with you as this potter does, says the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hands, so are you in my hands. O house of Israel. We are a house of God that God is going to mold and form and shape, and he's going to frame us from the inside out. And he's going to purge, he's going to prune, he's going to give us trials because he is going to do it. We are on a wheel. Our wheel is our soul. And it spins and turns the intellect, the will and choice, the emotions, the affections. They're always turning because the spirit has to produce everything through that wheel. And you know what? When a potter's forming something and it doesn't go right, what happens to it? Falls right down. But God says, go back to that again. Go back to the other one. Go back one. What? He says, O house of Israel, then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as the potter does, says the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hands. We are safe because we are in the hands of God. Here, if we commit to him and we understand how the setup works, we are in his hand the whole time. Isn't that beautiful? So we have to submit to the change. He will do it. We stay in relationship and we honor him and worship. Now, here's a cool verse because sometimes people think worship is their communion time with God in which they get to tell God to them all their problems. Jeremiah 17, 24. I, this verse came so alive to me this week. It says, but if you diligently listen, now see, God gives us instruction. If you diligently listen and obey me, says the Lord, 
and bring in no burden through the gates. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna pause on that because it's really good. No burden through the gates of this city on the Sabbath day, but keep the Sabbath day holy, set apart to the worship of God to do no work on it. Do you know on the Sabbath, we have to have one day a week that we worship God, not because of our burdens. You get what I'm saying? How many times do we come to God and we are crying and worshiping and all we're doing is complaining to him? It's a love relationship. He, we are to bring in no burden through the gates. What's the gates? We enter the gates with praise and thanksgiving. So we have to enter him into him with just our what? Our love for him. Isn't this beautiful? This is beautiful. He, the potter, he, our wheel, our kingdom of heaven that's being renewed is in his hand. And he loves us so much. He tells us one instruction to diligently, he wants us to listen and to obey him. But he says, bring in no burden through the gates. There is no burden. If we know that he's in charge of us, we enter those praise with those gates, those worship gates with praise and thanksgiving. As that word is building, it says, if you abide in me and my what? Word abides in you, then you shall ask and receive. In fact, go to that verse. I think it's on John I gave it to you earlier. I think I missed that one. John 15, 7. John 15, 7. If you live in me, abide vitally, united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. Now, I love this because all we have to do is live in him, love him, worship him, get that word in us. And then the next verse says, eight. When you bear and produce much fruit, my father is honored and glorified. And you show and prove yourself to be true followers of mine. I love this because... These were my notes on this whole lesson in the middle of the night, and they're somewhere upside down. But it was kind of cool because the summary of the termite thing, which comes off really kind of awesome, if I can find it. Hold on. Hold on. I can't believe I lost it. Oh, all right. We are not our what own, right? He has purchased us with a price. The price was what? His son, Jesus Christ. So we can be his first fruits, one of a kind. We are his real estate. We are his real, like we are really his estate. We are his property. He placed his bond in us, the Holy Spirit to be our good news. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He lives with us and lives for our sakes. So which house are we building? Are we building an outside house with the appearance of religion, divided our soul and our spirit with inner disappointments because we think we're waiting on something of God, but we're really expecting something of what we want? Or are we building our inside frame with outside manifestations moving as one soul and spirit and walking out what is called we're called to do so it's beautiful we have to choose the world order or do we choose his order the world order judges others and it emits ourselves from examining ourselves but his orders his order causes us to look at ourselves but to not hold on to any blame or shame but to worship him and exalt his name without our own burdens. And we are to focus on his order and instruction, accountability and discipline to produce the fruit we were called to do. And he already says, when we bear and produce much fruit, my father is honored and glorified and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. We truly are only happy when we're being the true followers of him. So praise the Lord. Can two walk together when they are two can walk together 
when they are one in one. And we have to keep the alignment going. Because praise God that he set this all and there is nobody that can, everybody's got to do it the same way. So we can all do what we're called to do. So praise the Lord. I didn't get all of it, but I tried to, this is a good, it was good. Praise God. All right. Isn't this exciting? We're not our own. To me, that took off a lot of responsibility in my light. When I realized that I wasn't my own, man, I'm happier that I have to listen to somebody else. It's awesome. Praise God. Oh, pardon me? Oh, okay. Can everybody stand up, please? Praise God. Stand up. I got Tom and Brenda already out the door. Praise the Lord. Oh, they want to pray. Okay, come on up here. You want to pray with us? <laughs> now I'll, make it, I'll point them out because they were out the door. Okay. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you very much. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that you have placed us in this world so that we could be a house ready and used and fit for you. So, Lord, we thank you for the process. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for Jesus who sanctifies the house. Lord, we are open to, we want to open that door for you so that your presence can manifest and develop us into the glorious sons and daughters of God. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your son and the Holy Spirit and for all the goodness that you want to bestow on us. Amen. That was really good.